Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode one of the Alex of Things podcast. I'm your host, Alex Wing. Oh, fam, that just got a crazy rig to it. <laughs> if Let me just say real quick, if y'all tapping in as I'm releasing this or tapping in whenever, down the line, whenever it may be, I just want to say thank you and much love and respect to you because I always say everything you do is an investment. And that's no different when you're supporting somebody, whether it's simply because you want them to be great or it's because you believe in them. And no matter what it is for me, like when people put time, love and energy into one another, that stuff really makes me feel good because that's what I feel makes the world go round. So whether it's me, it's other people, I really get a spiritual boost when people are just supporting each other and finding ways that they can contribute to other people and their greatness because just like that saying goes you do good things and one day the world will come full circle to remind you of all those things that you've done for others so that's something that I hope doesn't change with this podcast as I continue to have many conversations about many things, meeting new people and learning new perspectives. I'm just really excited for it all. And I appreciate anybody that takes the time to tap in and listen and join the conversation ultimately and connect with me because that's the most important thing. That's why I decided to start the podcast. So on that note, let me just talk about a little bit more about me and my inspiration and more of why I decided to start the podcast. So I'm from the best county in the world, PG County, Maryland. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I just love talking. And not, not the kind of talk where I'm just like, you know, just yapping about everything and stuff like that. But when I talk about things that I really love, it it's just very enjoyable. And it feels like I'm sharing my ideas and my feelings with other people. And I felt like with a podcast, that would be possible because I would be just sharing my voice and my ideas and my messages with other people. And they would hear it. They would interact with it. And they can give responses and feedback and I would be able to interact with that and just learn about people and the kind of things that they like, the kind of perspectives that they have and just all of those wonderful things that comes with connecting with people, especially in a time where the way that we communicate with each other, it's a little bit different than how it used to be. So that's, that kind of stuff is just very, it's very beautiful to me. And that's kind of what meaning, that's kind of what having a podcast means to me and why I decided to start creating. So I chose the name Alex and Things because it just sounded smooth. I mean, my name is Alex and my last name's initial is an N. 
and the things if you watch the trailer to my podcast I mentioned endless conversation and that's kind of what I'm referring to when I talk about Alex and things I want to be able to talk about all the things that I like that influence me that help me become the person that I am and express that express what that means to me but not only that I also talk about perspective and you'll probably hear me said you'll probably hear me say that a lot but I want to be able to bring people on so that I can talk to other people about how they view things what kind of things they like how we connect in those dimensions and what does it mean to see the world and things that people like from other people's eyes so being able to combine those two worlds is what perspective kind of means to me and why I'm really looking forward to interaction on my podcast which I'm more into calling it a conversation because it just feels like I'm talking even though I am you know what I mean it's more it's more like I I feel people responding in a way by just sitting here and listening to me and coming up with thoughts and ideas that they can use as a response to anything I say which is kind of the beauty in it all for me um so just a little bit more inspiration as to why I want to begin the podcast. A couple of my favorite athletes, they actually started a podcast recently. And also my friends, man, shout out to my friends, man. Like <laughs> they really they really gave me a lot of spark when it came to being cool with myself in doing this. But yeah, starting with some some of my athletes that um, inspired me to do this. I'm talking about J.J. Reddick and Kevin Durant. Gotta love that PG County. <laughs> um, J.J. Reddick started his podcast like in August. And Kevin Durant, he started his like a couple weeks ago. And both are excellent listens. They gave me, as a big fan of sports, and a big fan of athletes, they, it really gives me a deep dive into how these athletes, as people, view life away from, you know, their careers, away from the spotlight, and just simply, the, you know, looking into the things that they like, what they do when they're not grinding on the court, what gets them going when they're not, you know, when they're not hooping, you know, just regular, just regular everyday conversation things. And just how they view, you know, their careers and life as, you know, content creators. And just having, as a fan, just having access to that content and conversation, it really, it really gets me going because I love hearing people open up and giving people perspective about many different things that you wouldn't normally hear, like athletes say, because you don't really have access to them until they give you some sort of access, but that's why these two having a podcast, it's it's very, not just cool, but it's very inspiring because these people, you know, they have a lot of perspective and insight that fans want to hear about. 
So yeah, my friends, they've just done so many creative and just beautiful things to remind the world that they can still send their messages, share their knowledge, share their feelings, to share everything through different things such as having their own podcast, creating videos or images, and even writing articles, like that kind of stuff, writing stories, whatever the case may be. All of that just really gave me a a spark in terms of reminding myself if I believe in the way that I can send messages and believe in those messages that I want to send, I can definitely put my mind to using content creating to go out there and, you know, share what I have with the world as well. So I just got to give big props and love to my friends because they're a big reason why I'm creating this podcast now. So a lot of love going away, going that way to my friends, man. They just, they're all, they're all amazing. And that's, and like I said before, like I love investing in others and I show support and love to all my friends. Like, like I just said, they played a significant role in to me being here now and my belief in myself to be here right now. So that's all love always. So, yeah, those are some of the significant reasons behind why I want I wanted to start this podcast. And I mean, I just love conversation, man. I mean, podcasts, they're like a modern medium to share your ideas and connect with others. I mean, and that's what I love doing. I love interacting with people, talking to people, learning how people see the world, learning about what people like and so forth. So yeah, y'all, um, let's get right into the gist of this first episode. I really wanted to talk about and reflect upon the NBA and other sports leagues and the impact of their presence during these times this year and the perspective that some of them have given us primarily the NBA bubble. So with the NBA and WNBA bubbles, I feel like those two leagues really set the stage and set the tone for how other prominent sports leagues should respond to players' calls to action, specifically black and brown players from all these leagues so that they can feel like they're being heard because of everything that's taking place in 2020. You know, with the NFL, the National Football League, the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, and so forth. Even uh, international football, which is soccer, world football. But going back to the NBA and WNBA bubbles, those environments were really strong platforms for showing that those leagues are supporters and advocates for the players and the messages that they wanted to send during these times. Like in the WNBA, they allowed their players to support the message, say her name, referring to all the women that have been hurt and have gone through suffering in these times, most notably Breonna Taylor 
I really support what the all those women were trying to do in order to never ever forget what we're trying to fight for in terms of getting justice for Breonna Taylor. So that was really awesome to see the unity that came out of the WNBA bubble. And I mean, that goes no different for the NBA bubble as well. They allowed their players to wear a whole bunch of different social justice messages, such as Black Lives Matter, respect us, love us, how many more, education reform, and a lot of other messages that really helped to elevate the awareness of these players being more than just athletes because they're real people too that have to go home to their families and communities that they live in. And not only that, but the communities that they came from, which largely in the NBA family, players are always looking out for where they come from so that they can get all of these prominent issues that are still prevalent in our world today, they can get them resolved so that we can move forward and make progress as a people. So I really applaud the NBA for doing everything they can to make the NBA bubble, along with the WNBA NBA bubble, a place that's conducive to high-level competition, but also high-level education in terms of reminding like consumers and fans that this isn't just about the game. It's about appreciating the people that make the game possible, which is the players. So that was just beautiful. And I want to take a, take a deeper dive into why all of this is like significant in terms of the sports spectrum, sports dimension, because I've been talking about the basketball leagues and stuff, but it's because like with the three other major American sports, the National Football League, the National Hockey League, and Major League Baseball, I haven't really seen much um, activism and leadership taken amongst like the people that are in positions of power that can be a force when it comes to conspicuous change that we can see and feel and change that we'll remember it just hasn't really been there. I've seen the NFL, they're trying to use some stadiums as voting centers and that's cool. I mean, it's gonna take a little bit more than that to really show what you're about. Unlike, you know, compared to the NBA and the WNBA. But also, I mean, the thing about it is like, baseball and hockey, those are not predominantly black and African-American leagues, the people that are affected by these issues that are getting all the attention and the heightened awareness in this calendar year is black and brown men and women. So the affected people, the population isn't really the same in those two leagues where most of those players are not um, black or brown. But in the NFL's case, it's different and it's just unfortunate to see that owners and those people that can really help produce change haven't really stood up for much or done much so that's unfortunate and 
I really hope that as time goes along and the NBA and WNBA continue to really open up the lenses of what it's like to be a sports league that cares about the people that work for them, the athletes, the very people that bring attention and money to those corporations. I just hope that that reminds other leagues that they need to treat their athletes as people first because you know otherwise it's just going to be the same old narrative like you know it's all about getting the business done and you know the bottom line and stuff but the NBA and WNBA they care about their athletes as people because all of us are humans at the center of our being we're humans first and I mean there's so many things going on right now that It's just bigger than all these sports that are taking place. And with that being said, I actually wanted to jump into something else too. Um, Going back to the NBA, my favorite basketball player of all time is Kobe Bryant, and he inspired me in so many ways. I could literally, you know, talk all day about it. But um, somebody that reminds me of him today is Kyrie Irving. And I just want to talk talk about his actions and how they've been really significant in my eyes and why I feel like it should be appreciated a little bit more and the perspective that he's bringing to to light with the things that he's done. So Kyrie Irving, he was he's a basketball player. He plays for the Brooklyn Nets, and he's a very outspoken guy, and he's very true to himself when he talks or when he walks, no matter what he does. He said before the NBA bubble that players shouldn't play because right now, like I mentioned, in 2020, there's just so many things going on revolving around social justice issues and calls to equality and being treated fairly that players should, you know, sit out the bubble season in the NBA. And Kyrie got a lot of backlash for that but I understood where he was coming from because he wants basketball his passion his love to be put on the side right now because it the game can wait but this fight for change in the real world is something that we have to continue fighting for and if we play the game if we're taking our eyes off of our real world issues we might lose momentum and, you know, might be difficult to remember, you know, why we're playing instead of protesting and fighting for equality. So amidst all that backlash, Kyrie Kyrie really stayed true to himself. And that's why I just love and respect him so much because, ooh, man, like backlash, especially when it's negative, when people are calling you a disruptor, um, saying you're wrong like it's just it's just baseless slander when people are just saying stuff and they don't even know anything about you granted I I don't know Kyrie Irving myself but one of my life goals was to meet Kobe Bryant and because of everything that's going on in 2020 I've had to 
kind of readjust that goal, thinking about how it would look now if I were to answer that to somebody, if they were to ask me, you know, what's one of your life goals? Now, I would probably say one day it would probably be to meet Kyrie Irving and talk to him because he really does remind me of Kobe Bryant in so many different ways. And yeah, just to continue on Kyrie and the great things that he's been doing, during during the bubble season, he also don't, he started an initiative where he would end up donating $1.5 million to WNBA players who decided to opt out of their basketball season so that they could fight for um, equal rights and social justice on the front lines and away from the court. And Kyrie, his goal was to ensure that they could do that without having to worry about a paycheck and how basketball would take care of them. And also for the women that um, were at risk of contracting COVID, if they were to play in the bubble, well, in the WNBA's case, it's they called it the wobble, which is really dope. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just thought that was phenomenal. I, I was just... That's that's just that's just amazing stuff. Like, that's the stuff that leaders are made of, and I'm glad that he found it within himself to do something just so spectacular like that, to look out for so many women because he wants them to make sure that they can go out there and do the right thing in their eyes, whether it's protecting themselves and their health or fighting for the rights of many, many, many people. So that was fantastic. So yeah, I just really wanted to give Kyrie Irving his props because he's just one of the many examples in the NBA that epitomize what being a leader looks like through all the things that he's done. And going back to the NBA in general, to be able to respond to player protest, team protest, the way that they have, it's just been really good and very encouraging to watch and read about, to let them know that, to let players and teams know that in all those communities that are looking for help, they're going to be more active with civic duties and just many responsibilities that will aid in the progress of social justice. That's that's exactly what players messages are aligning with and that's kind of what I'm referring to when I'm talking about the NBA setting the tone and setting the stage for how leagues should move forward with um, these issues. So to put this part of the conversation in perspective, the NBA and WNBA, they made sure that supporters and fans know that they don't treat their athletes as just tools for entertainment and profit, but as people with experiences and emotions and things that they represent, things that they come from, whereas other sports leagues haven't really taken as much initiative and haven't seemed to just do much of anything, honestly. With everything going on in 2020, a lot of these things have been going on for a long time. 
years and years and years and 2020 just heightened the awareness and the intensity of just how much people care about being a part of change and I just gotta give it up again for the NBA and WNBA for doing it right and trying to continue to do it right as they move forward and try to continue letting players know that they're going to be there for them as athletes and as people so I just love that and that allows fans that care about these athletes as people to believe in what leagues like the NBA and WNBA are trying to do when they say they're going to be active in terms of fighting for justice for all people in particular black and brown people so that's amazing so this part of the conversation was very essential to me because I love sports I love people and I love unity and you can't have sports without the athlete and you can't have the athlete without the person or the people at their core first and that's why I give so much credit to the NBA and the WNBA because Despite all of their men and women competing for a championship and grinding for their ultimate goals, they never ever lost sight of why, you know, they were using their platforms in the first place. It's because they want to raise awareness on all of the issues that they're fighting for and to remember that they're people at their core too. They have communities that they stand up for. They have things that they represent, stories that they come from, and... The leagues just did a phenomenal job in giving players that platform to share their perspective and share their feelings and share their stories. So despite competing and grinding, everybody was able to see and feel, you know, the messages that everybody was trying to convey even while playing basketball. So just job well done to both of those leagues. So on that note, I just wanted to move along and talk about some of my favorite moments from the competition that actually took place in the NBA bubble and just talk about the significance that it has on the basketball world and more specifically Lakers fans and Kobe Bryant fans like myself. So honestly, all the memories are mostly from the playoffs, but I just remember the first game of the season, the bubble season when the Lakers played the Clippers and I was like, Can't wait to see them in the Western Conference Finals. Let's see what kind of preview we get. And it was a close game. The Lakers won. LeBron had the game-winning tip in. And it just kind of started that momentum towards the playoffs and stuff. Even though the Lakers didn't play good in the bubble regular season, like, it didn't really matter. We were going to be going to the playoffs, getting some rest, and getting ready to go for when the games actually count. Um, So that was that for the Lakers. But... The Suns, man. Let me shout out my little bro, Wendy, real quick, man. He, I was texting him, and we were just talking about how we thought the bubble was going to go. And he sent me this tweet, and it was like, dude said, Devin Booker, when the Suns go 8-0 and and lead the Suns to the playoffs. And the video that, the video that was clipped on it was, <laughs> it was a video of Kobe Bryant from 2009 when the Lakers went up 2-0 on the Orlando Magic in the finals. And the reporter asked him, he was like, you're not satisfied being a 2-0 in the series? And Kobe was like, nah, job ain't done yet. So yeah, that's when the, that's the interview when he said that. And he 
he was like, ain't nothing to be satisfied about yet. And, oh, like, my little bro, he's a, he loves the Suns. He loves Devin Booker. So um, they provided so many awesome moments. And they actually went 8-0 in the bubble. They had eight games, and they won all eight of them. And they still didn't make the playoffs. But they had a lot of great moments. And one of them was Devin Booker hitting the game winner over the Clippers, man. That jump was hilarious, man. As a Lakers fan, you just love to see that from the Clippers. Them just finding ways to fold. It's just beautiful to watch. Um, man, when I seen he hit, he hit that game winner over Kawhi and Paul George, I was like, I mean, how much how much better can it get? So it was, that was just wonderful to see. And part of the reason the Suns ain't even make the playoffs was because Dame Dollar, man, like Dame Damian Lillard, he really turned it up when he went to the bubble. He has so many great games. Like he had like back to back to back like fifty point games or something like that, or whatever he had. He just he just went crazy. Like he said before the bubble, you know, I'm going down and do work. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going down there to play no meaningless games and stuff. And I was just like, hey, that's exactly how it should be. And because he got the chance, he and he and his team got the chance, he went down there and, you know, just gave everybody trouble. <laughs> like, that game he had against the Mavericks where he had, like, 60, and he had that crazy three-pointer from the left side of the court that bounced off the back of the rim and to the sky before it came back down. Man, that was just crazy. I was like, it's going to be one of those games, huh? But... I'm really happy that he got the bubble MVP because a lot of his work, it goes kind of under the radar. Not the past couple of years, but like just a little bit before then when he was still playing very good, kind of this, kind of the same way he was playing now. But obviously the attention just slowly, slowly rises over time as um, fans, more fans notice, you know, the kind of things that these players be doing. But yeah, also... Yeah, Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard, man, he's he's awesome. And I wanted to also shout out Carmelo Anthony, man. Like, just being a big fan of his as well, seeing him get a chance with um, Dame Lillard's team, the Portland Trailblazers, and to contribute at a high level the way he did, it was just awesome to see, like, him um, being picked up by them and them giving him a chance to compete and him taking advantage of the opportunity like, there was this game against the Grizzlies in the bubble where he hit, like, two clutch threes that helped them beat the Memphis Grizzlies, who they were fighting with for the final spot in the playoff picture, which was, like, really good because that low-key helped them avoid playing a second game in the play-in tournament or whatever. So just great stuff, man. Just great stories and great narratives to... Um, think about from the bubble. Um, and I mean that's pretty much all I can. Yeah, I mean those are like my f- most notable um stories and memories from the bubble. At least in the regular season, everything mainly happened in the playoffs. The Lakers steamrolled their way to the finals. The Heat, I just love seeing them mentally destroy teams and just exert their will on them. Like Jimmy Butler, Coach Spo, and those guys. They lead an awesome group of young talent and just guys that really have that edge mentally. So I just love to see that. Um, I'm happy that they beat the Celtics to get, to get to the finals because, you know, I'm a Lakers fan. Ain't nobody trying to see the Celtics win. 
Um, and the Nuggets, man, the Nuggets had the wildest playoff run. They beat the Jazz in seven, came back from three games to one. And Donovan Mitchell, man, and John, uh, Jamal Murray. Wow, they just, they just, they were just getting buckets, man. It was very fun to watch. Very fun to watch. And in the second round, oh, this is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, Jamal Murray, man, he sent the Clippers home in the same way he sent, in the same way he sent the Jazz home. Down 3 1. These dudes really won three straight games against the Clippers, man. The Clippers ain't, really ain't won no parts of the bubble, man. This is, it was just, I just love all the memes that came out. After the Clippers lost and folded, man, I was just, I was, <laughs> man, I, it was just happy. It was just a very happy time, man. Just everybody making fun of the Clippers, them talking all big and stuff, and then them folding the way that they did was just unbelievable. The Nuggets really played awesome, though. Got to give a lot of credit to them. And shout out to Jeremy Grant, man, the Matha native right there. Um... But yeah, it's just, <laughs> uh, man, the Clippers, man, the Clippers go on clip, man. But yeah, and then the Nuggets, the Lakers took him out and we went to the finals and then we beat the Heat in very conv convincing fashion, even though I love the games that the Heat won because I love underdogs and I just love how the Heat fought and just gave it everything that they had fighting till the very end. It was just, oh, man, it was just beautiful to watch. Like, Jimmy Butler and those guys played awesome. Even though they didn't win, they really showed, like, you know, the true heart of a champion by giving it everything they got. But ain't none of that matter because the Lakers, the Lakers had to go out there and win that 17th chip, baby. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, my gosh. That jump was just insane. Uh, just the impact of this title during these times everything that's gone on this year like just can't describe the feeling for real so much emotion was running through me when it happened and I just thought about when I was a kid and Kobe and the Lakers won Kobe's fifth championship when it was my birthday in 2010 and I just told myself that should have been his sixth one or his seventh one or his eighth one but that'll be another combo for another day <laughs> but it's just crazy like watching him and LeBron compete against each other growing up I would have never thought LeBron would be the one to bring this home for the Lakers in 2020 so it's just it's like a fairy tale you know what I mean uh man so it just really meant so much to basketball fans all over and Lakers fans because Kobe was the goat the savior and he's always going to be but for the Lakers to really do this as a group for Kobe, for baby Gigi, for everybody else that was with them that day, just really pulls together, you know, family, love, and basketball, and doing it for one another. And it's just, it's just, it's just so beautiful. It's just like, what more do you say, you know, because <laughs> this story is going to be forever etched in its own part of the history books because of everything the Lakers went through to capture the title and win it this year so it's just special and as a Lakers and as a Kobe fan it's just a feeling that I'm always going to embrace because it means so much
And with all of that being said, there's only one more thing that I really want to cover. And it's just a couple of things in the sports world that are upcoming that I'm looking forward to. And one thing is this boxing match that's taking place this weekend between Tiafimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko. And I've been looking forward to this fight ever since um, Tiafimo Lopez started talking about it earlier this year. And I've been watching a lot of his interviews and stuff. And I just love the way that he speaks. Like, he's really well-spoken and he's respectful. And he just seems like a class guy. But when he gets into the ring, like, he just switches gears. And it's just like, I just love that balance that he has. So definitely looking forward to that fight. And also, um, the NFL, I'm just looking forward to seeing how they're going to manage what seems like an everyday rise in COVID cases across the league. Different organizations are just having to deal with all the trouble and just the continuous spreading. I just, it's looking scary right now. But I mean, I just hope for the sake of the sport that, you know, they can figure that out. So, yeah. Oh, and also I shouted out Jamie Grant because he's a DMV native. But I also got to shout out Quinn Cook. I forgot to do that. Quinn Cook, now two-time champ, one time with the Lakers, one time with Golden State. Man, shout-out to all the DMV, guy, DMV guys, man, doing great things. But, yeah, with all of that being said, that's pretty much everything I have for this debut episode. If you stuck around and got to this point, just know that I really, really appreciate you, and I got so much love and respect for you. Like I said at the beginning, it takes a lot to invest in somebody, so every investment means a bunch to me, and I'm going to make sure that everybody that does support me um, they feel that. So yeah, I just hope today I was able to provide y'all with some meaningful commentary on some very important lessons and things that we should always remember as humans when it comes to just remembering who people are at their core and the stories that they carry with them, where they come from, and just appreciating everything that they stand for. So yeah, I look forward to creating more content and more conversations so that I can end up meeting more people, meeting more conversations, and ultimately meeting more perspectives. So, yeah. Again, thank y'all so much. This is Alex with the Alex and Things podcast. I'll catch y'all next time. Till then, take it easy and be safe. Peace.